Well, in a wild weekend in the NCAA tournament, nothing we thought what would happen actually happened. So that leaves UCLA basketball in a weird spot. What next for 2023 and 2024? Who's staying and who's going? We'll talk about it on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a long time since we talked. It's Zach Anderson, Yox Aver, alongside Max Kelton here on the Locked On UCLA podcast. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast, and it's on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe. Follow at Locked On Bruins on Twitter. And it's uh, All Day Celts, That's Zach me. and Yox on Twitter. We've got it all. Let's get ready to rock and roll. So the big question is, we talked about what could have gone wrong and what did go wrong for UCLA this year, at least in that game against Gonzaga. But the bigger question now is moving forward, what is next for UCLA in terms of who's staying and who's going? There are five significant pieces that have choices to make. And we're going to focus first on the veterans, Max. It is Jaime Hawkins Jr. and Tiger Campbell. And there's a variety of ways that these can go. And if it goes chalk, it's it seems simple, right, that they're gone. But maybe it's a little more than that, especially with the motions so fresh. No doubt about it. Uh, but when, when it comes to... Uh, what the decision looks like for next year. I often look at social medias, and I know that Jaquez on, on social media during his interviews, it seems like his time is up, or at least that's what he's been indicating when he's speaking to reporters. Yeah, and the big thing, too, is his sister goes to UCLA, so wouldn't his parents love two years of watching them side by side and watching the UCLA women freshmen blossom alongside with one more year of Jaime Hawkins? But he's kind of got this ideal you know, that he wants to be a figure for someone to look up to. You see all, the, especially during the tournament, you see all these extra features individually on guys. And Hawkes seems like he wants to do it at the next level. He gave his four years, you know, he lost his freshman year at the end in terms of 1920, but he went to a final four. He was a part of the sweet 16 and then he was the team leader. And even though we had that COVID year, doesn't mean you have to use it. He put in his four years and, you know, he, a lot of guys have this year to use. But it just feels like he wants to go do it at the NBA and prepare, like a Johnny Juzang and a Bernard, to go do it at the highest professional level. No doubt about it. But you, you look at also, you know, how much could he improve his draft stock by staying one more year, right? He's sitting around 41st in a, a mock draft right now. And I can't imagine him playing better than he played this year and then improving his draft stock. I, so... You know, that, that's the real question about it. Could he get a higher draft pick? Could he could he get some more money on a sign deal? I don't know about that. And the bigger thing, too, is, remember last year, he dealt with those ankle problems. He dealt with injury. He couldn't come out with a bigger draft stock. He was named to the All-West Region team, right, for his dominance through three games, the Pac-12 Player of the Year. And while he didn't go lead them to the Final Four, I think there's only so much you can do with UCLA missing two of five starters or key contributors on their roster in that game. And he proved he still led his team and had a chance to win it at the end. So the big thing is he's healthy. And considering two years ago, that wasn't the case. You almost want to go in with the full thing of health. He spent all summer, what, hooping with the pros and the Drew League or whatever, like those runs they're having. So he spent last summer hooping with the pros, adding to his game. 
And it seems like from all indication, while there's been nothing official from what we've seen, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen anything, Max, his demeanor is, this is it. We haven't even thought about even talking about him using that COVID year, but it's very much, I've had my four years, I've cemented my legacy, whatever that means to UCLA fans, and it's time to make it for something even greater, which in his mind is at the professional level, at the NBA level. Yeah, spot on. You know, I I, I think a lot of the time we we are so optimistic that a player is going to return that we neglect to look at their future. And frankly, for Jaime Hawkes, his time in the league is coming up. Um, you know, he's not going to be a star player in the league, but he will be a consistent role player. And I think this year was the best case scenario for him to display what he could do at the next level. And whether he's playing at the NBA, overseas, whatever it is, he wouldn't be a star overseas, by the way. Um, but, but, you know, I think the real question is what's next for him. Um, I don't think that's UCLA. You look at interviews, he's saying, um, Hey, this was my, this is my final run. You look at senior night, right? His pops was picking up Mick Cronin. Sure. They love UCLA, right? Two kids, two of the Hawkeyes go to UCLA. They grew up right down the road. I don't doubt that in any, any sense of my mind, but I do think that he knew coming into this year with his, the big three, it was, it was Hawkeyes, Campbell, and then David, David Singleton. It looks like. Uh, it looks like Hawkes knows it's the end of the road for his college career. Yeah, and then the funny thing is NIL plays a big role, but maybe not so much for Hawkes, but for Tiger Campbell. You know, we talked about, he mentioned your senior day. He wasn't fully, you know, decisive one way or the other. NIL could maybe make more of a case for a UCLA team that could very well service from an extra year of Tiger Campbell as the point guard as the youngsters develop between Dylan Andrews, McClendon, even the new kid coming in and Sebastian Mack, the four-star recruit, who's technically listed as a 6'4 shooting guard. UCLA doesn't have that true point guard. And maybe Campbell can have that effect for this team with the NIL. And I know you could throw a big, big number at Hawkeyes, but you can also throw a pretty hefty number and a pretty big price at Tiger Campbell as well. Well, you know, as, as much as I love the optimism, and I think it would be it would be beneficial for the program to have Tiger Campbell stay, I don't know if he's thinking about that either, right? He he enjoys playing alongside his brother and Jaime Hawkes, and this would be his sixth year. Um, and and you know, you look at once again, if we go to social media, yeah, look at his social media. He posted yesterday on social media um, that it, it was a post of him, and Dylan Andrews, next to each other. He said, "It's your time now, brother." So I think that kind of indicates, hey, maybe Tiger Campbell is leaning toward, despite having an extra year leaning toward not returning. And the big thing is we both broadcast college sports. We th There's other things behind the scenes that will not be told, for better or for worse. As much as we want to chastise the transfer portal or glorify it, you know, Chip Kelly-wise, there are coaches at the bottom all the way to the top that want players to stay and they leave, and they also tell players to get the hell out. I'm serious. If you don't think, so not that this is the case in this scenario, but there are players who are being told across the country, leave. And then there are players who think the grass is greener on the other side. It is, and sometimes, and a lot of times, it isn't always. But there are certainly coaches, heck, even maybe Mick Cronin could say this. I'm not saying that that's the case. But Tiger, I love you. I pumped you up. I want to build your draft soft. You're a leader. But I think next year we might not be as good, but it's not going to develop anybody if you stay and use this COVID year, right? And it's a long time to be at a program for Tiger Campbell. Five to six years, right? You've been around for a long time to utilize all those collegiate years. But coaches, they generally say, hey, 
You stay or you go. I'm not sure about these seniors. McCrona would love to have them back and be even better next year. But then there's developing a program. And what did McCrona not have this year? A single transfer. At least into that's, the program. I mean, and that speaks to the transfer portal as a whole in the NCAA. When does the transfer portal open? The day after Selection Sunday. The 64 to 68 best teams in the country don't get the same jump that the teams do that didn't get into the NCAA tournament. And Mick Cronin is busy preparing for the first round of the NCAA tournament against Drew Pember right around the time when, when you know, the transfer portal opens. So, you know, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of teams and players. You know, he's, he's talking to a guard from, from, from Temple, I believe, um, who, who, you know, opened up. And the transfers, you know, could be there by the time we see this team next season. That said, though, I just I hate the timeline for the NCAA just across the whole nation. It makes it really difficult for the best teams to to kind of target those transfer players. I think the biggest thing we're saying here too is Tiger one initially in your senior night said he hadn't decided. Although what Max found in the social media post is uh, it's your it's your turn, partner. Whatever that means, maybe he's come to terms with it. It is what it is. And Tiger and the Bruins might not see Hawkes or. You know, they might not see those two going forward. An interesting one to briefly talk about here. Jalen Clark, I know you saw something, Max. What, what does this mean? He's injured, was probably on his way to a rising draft stock, maybe as an undrafted, maybe as a late second rounder that blooms into somebody who would be a steal in the NBA draft this year. Instead, the Achilles, everything is ruined. And that's almost a year plus of recovery, potentially, to see how he could recover in time for whatever his next decision is. No doubt. Uh, I think that's the most difficult thing for Jalen Clark. Hey, if he if he didn't get injured this year, I could see more of a chance of him him moving on. But I think that that injury almost cemented him as staying with the Bruins, you know, and um, many could consider that, you know, that as a player to get drafted, teams look at your potential and know what you have to offer, but they also want somebody healthy somebody that they don't have to bring in and work with their medical staff right away. Um, and I think, I think that that indicates, hey, that, you know, Jalen Clark, while Jaime Hawkes might not be able to improve his draft stock with one more year, Jalen Clark certainly can. He's right now sitting around a 53 in a, in a mock draft. He could move up to a first-round pick next year with more of the offensive load for the Bruins if he can display that defensive prowess that he did this season. So, I think that it makes way more sense for Jalen Clark to return or at least utilize another year of eligibility more so than it does Hawkes or Campbell. Yeah, especially because, heck, even Clark might have to redshirt next year. But, you know, what What did we see? What did Clark post? He posted something there, Max? Sure. Jalen Clark posted uh, just yesterday. Uh, he said, two big announcements coming this week. And granted, you talk about NIL money. I don't know who ta who takes more or who who. who works in more deals than Jalen Clark on social media. But so it could be announcements talking about a, a, a new advertisement or a new endorsement, whatever it is. But I think that that better indicates that he might return. It was a photo of him and Amari Bailey. And to me, that that's clear that, hey, this is their time now to, to shine. And it's their team more so than not. And we'll speak about Amari Bailey, a dumb bonnet, when we come back after we tell you about Built Bar because the Built Bar March Madness bracket is here. You've got your favorite bar, your favorite puff. It's time to make it count. BuiltMarchMadness.com. Go to vote for your favorites. You can go vote and earn yourself one of 50 locked-on listeners 
a free box of Bilts, you can go get a free year-long subscription of Bilt Bars or Puffs delivered straight to your door. It's the best protein bar ever, 100% real chocolate max. It's high in protein, low in sugar, 100% real chocolate. What don't you need when you're broadcasting on the side there, Max? When you're at, say you're right there waiting for me to stop talking. You just need to eat something. Yeah, he's talking and I'm hungry. Like, we're hungry to go. We're hungry to go. Built Bar, that's the best Built Bar. Puffs, everything in between, coconut almond, they've got it all. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com and vote for your favorite. Yeah. Cruising on. Built, built Bars. Uh, Zach, I, I'm a fan, by the way. I'm a fan. You should, you should certainly get yourself some ASAP. Uh, yeah, near we, a store? Yeah, yeah. Sam's Club, Walmart, or you just go to <laughs> yeah. BuiltBar.com or Built.com. Check it out. Cruising on into the next segment of Locked On UCLA, we talked about the seniors, but I think the bigger question is, and how good this team will be, will depend on if Bona and or Bailey come back. And since we started with Bailey in the picture of Jalen Clark, Amari Bailey is a fascinating case, right? Seemingly one of the best recruits in the country, one of the best gets for the likes of Mick Cronin in this most recent recruiting cycle last year to bring him in this year. And all of a sudden, he turned it on. He proved himself really good. And when I was thinking he wasn't ready late December, maybe he wasn't. Maybe it was a bit injury. It was probably both. And when it came to turn it on when the light shines, we're kind of left asking, why didn't Bailey shoot the ball more in that game in the Sweet 16 against Gonzaga? Who hit the game-winning shot we all thought was over? It was Amari Bailey given the shot as a freshman, and he nailed it. It just it happened to be another better shot on the other end by Julian Strother. So Amari Bailey from Sierra Canyon, does he stay? Does he try and improve that draft stock? I've heard, I believe, what, the 2024 NBA draft is not supposed to be that stacked initially from uh, outlets. Do you stay one more year, be the man, and lead UCLA to even better, greater heights? What's the next step for Amari Bailey? You got to imagine he's coming back. It, it, it just doesn't make sense for him to go to the NBA this year. He wasn't that guy. You look at like, okay, if, if Amari Bailey had the numbers that Brandon Miller had possessed, you know, then you would think, okay, he could. That's, he a, could that's a whole on. other discussion. Sure, that's, sure that's right? Whole... That's, to, totally different. Totally different. Bailey wasn't even the, the best scorer on his team. He wasn't even the number one guy on his team. You know, so I – I, I just I don't see a world in, in th that he's moving on to the NBA. Uh, but hey, I could be totally mistaken. Um, once again, you know, as much as that that photo for Jalen Clark means that Clark is, is is indicating on social media that he might return, I think it also indicates that he and Amari Bailey would return together as a tandem that could really really be very impressive for Mick Cronin. Now, this is a different type of recruit for Mick Cronin. Um, you look at Hawkes and Campbell and Singleton, humble guys, humility out the you know at the wazoo. I don't see that with Amari Bailey. He's confident, you know. He expects a lot. He thinks everyone's kind of there for him, which a lot of the time they are. He's a special talent out of Sierra Canyon, but um, I don't I don't see him leaving. I actually think that he'll be a, a leader on this team next year. It's interesting. If he is, that's a big boost for UCLA because they would have to have a lot of underclassmen scoring from Bailey from. The two Williams, Brandon Williams, the 6'7", I guess, power forward he's listed as. You have Devin Williams, the 6'10", SoCal kid. You've got Sebastian Mack. Those are the three recruits UCLA signed. They couldn't get their 2024 guy. So the big thing is, does UCLA go to the portal? Do they get Boogie? Do they go steal Boogie from USC? You mentioned the Temple Guard. There's a lot of things to be desired for UCLA. And if Mari Bailey's in the front court, knows how to kind of teach the defense in addition to 
showcasing more offensive ability at a more consistent rate in the next year, then maybe he can be one of those 20-point-per-game scorers and just blossom and be an uber lottery pick. You know, not Wembeyana, right? But, you know, he could be amongst the top three or four if he blossoms next year. But, you know, I, we, I would love him to come. We'd love all these guys to come back. Bailey is one of the two important decisions for UCLA. If Bailey comes back, then their season will have a lot more higher, you know, prospects, much greater outlook into the next season. But then we come back and it's a Dembona, who's interesting, right? Who hasn't shown the footwork and the true offensive ability, but clearly, Max, clearly showed a lot of growth from game one, technically game two, because he missed game one. But from his first game until the end, UCLA still could have won the national championship, arguably with the healthy Dembona. I I think I think that there's a much better shot. Um, you know, you look at how this team fell down the stretch, and even in a game where they're missing two starters, um, they they almost almost able to pull out a win. So, you know, it just it it speaks to the level of coaching that Mick Cronin has, has developed uh, with this program and, and the belief that this team has in him. You just want guys to buy in. That's all it is. You want guys to buy into what Cronin's selling. And if, if, if Bona is able to develop in this system in a way that he, he believes in it, you know, you can't go in half-heartedly, right? He has to, he has to really believe. And, he he might think that there's better scenery out there, which you know I think it's it's his right to 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 explore what might be, um, but I'm not sure if he's going to get a better deal than what he's getting here at UCLA. You know he'll he'll be he'll be a starter alongside hopefully what what I what I would expect it would be he uh, and then you'll have Bailey Jalen Clark and those those big three Dylan Andrews might step up in, into a bigger role while Young. I think that they can they can show that this is this is a, a program that will continue to develop a winning culture. It's not just the seniors on this roster; it's the entire roster up and down that can prove that they are vi- vi- viable uh, in the Pac-12 and, and the national title contention. Yeah, before they move to the Big Ten, the other thing is still not sure how long the recovery time is for Clark. It's different for everybody. So maybe it's halfway through the season. Maybe it's the entire season's gone and it's lost. But we don't know that just yet. But for Bona, he's got NBA athleticism and NBA defense, right? And can he handle with the big men down low in the paint? Can he go guard a Joel Embiid, right? That's a tough assignment. Or, or Nikola Jokic, are you ready to go guard those guys? Even if you're not going to go score buckets just yet, is he developed enough? He's got the, the hustle. He's got the heart. But how much can that take to the next level? And maybe it's just going to get a paycheck and do it at the next level. Or maybe Mick Cronin's in his ear saying, hey, you need one more year. And you talk about the development of the players. Mick Cronin almost always says, too, like, hey, you've got to have dudes. If you don't have dudes, you're not winning. And UCLA at this moment doesn't have a lot of proven dudes on this team committed to play next season. Other than freshmen and guys who have shown themselves from this year, the unknowns, we don't exactly know. There could be the craziness, right? What if UCLA gets North Carolina crazy and everybody comes back and we expect them to win and everything falls apart, you know? But that's not the case. For Bona, a possibility he goes with his growth, how much he matured. When you're the conference freshman of the year, you get a lot of credibility and someone is going to take a flyer on a damn Bona. And it depends if he gets an agent, if he goes test the waters. I'm not sure his offensive ability is strong enough to go make it to the NBA at this moment, but athletically, he could fit the bill. 
as we wait and see what it is. We hope Bona and Bailey stay. We think Bailey maybe one more year. Bona is kind of on that bubble, right? Who's is it the regret or is it oh he goes and blossoms? Is it even better in the NBA? Right? Remember Anthony Davis was kind of a weird unicorn. He didn't have that offensive skill, and Bona's not going to be Anthony Davis. But you know, there's all these different ways when these guys are making these tough decisions that they could play out. Yeah, again, you know, another guy who's injured, and that plays into it. That does a team want to take a flyer on a young guy who's developed a bit, you know, during his first year, but still hasn't blossomed into what he could be. And they're 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 taking a flyer on an injury with that shoulder. That's that's one of the biggest aspects of a big man in the post, right? You, you, you can't play a post position and and swipe for rebounds without a healthy shoulder. I just don't see a world in which let's let's get this straight. You and I can agree Jaime Hawkins, best player on this team. Right? In terms of in terms of his future, what he could be is that is that correct in, in your eyes? You're saying highest ceiling in the future? Sure. Well, well I think well, I, I think I think Bailey could have a high high ceiling for sure. After what I've seen, I think Bailey okay. has that hang time. I would say Hawkins has a limitation, you know, but he can be serviceable okay. and will make a living playing basketball. I, I think we might disagree there, but in terms of this team this year, definitely Hawkins. But okay. in the future, you put your money on a Bailey. Maybe a Bona, and I'm not sure where Tiger plays overseas. If it's the pros, does he make it to the NBA? Who knows? That all remains to be seen. I I think I think that's a, that's a fair take. I just haven't seen enough from these young players to think that hey, they're ready for league competition because they're they're frankly they're not man. They're this this they're not they're not league ready yet. You know they need they need more time to develop. Um, sure, let's. I mean we'll we'll see we'll see where the draft is, but. The, the, there are two guys on this team that are expected to be be draft drafted this year, and and you know you can sign with a G League team afterward with an affiliate play summer league ball. But two guys that could be drafted this year if they if they enter the draft, it would be Hawkes and Jalen Clark. Those are your two. Let's be clear about that. It, Bailey has a ceiling where he could be really good. He needs more time to develop. He is not that dude yet. Adembona is injured. He is not that dude yet. He's good. They're they're really good players, and they can compete for a national championship. But they are not NBA caliber players yet. These are 18, 19 year old guys who have not developed into the 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 type of players that they they're looking for at the next level. We even said it ourselves. There is such a discrepancy between a guy like Brandon Miller and these two players. They aren't even the leaders on their team, they need more time. I just don't see them moving on to the next level. Now, exercising another year of eligibility, you know, elsewhere, sure, I could see that. Maybe they transfer, find new scenery. I don't think the NBA is that scenery, though. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Bona and Bailey, what their decisions look like. They can maybe service from an extra year. We'd love it for an extra year, but against their own decision, who's in their ear, who's in their camp, what makes the difference? We're going to tell you about FanDuel because you could put money on it. Who's going to go? Who's going to stay? And you're still going to get it wrong. You could have put money. You could have, could have, yeah. You could have put money on the Final Four. Nobody would have gotten this right. We did a, a, a fan, we did a locked on Sweet 16 talk about our Final Four picks. We almost all had the same Final Four, reasonable Final Four. Nope, not all wrong, all wrong. That's why if you go to FanDuel and you're a new customer, you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets because hey you know you want to go check it out 
with FanDuel because if you mess up, you're going to want to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and claim your no sweat first bet because we're sweating on all our failed picks. I believe you told me, Max, you know, hey, hey, this, this last weekend wasn't good for anybody who was trying to get their bracket going forward, right? We were all going to win our brackets and then everything went away from according to the plan, right? The second highest seating. That's why you want to go to FanDuel.com fanduel.com slash locked on and check out your no sweat first bet make every moment more with fanduel as we cruise into our last segment of locked on ucla we're going to end things on how the ucla women's season ended because they played south carolina and things probably went according to plan i think the line was about 16 and a half 15 and a half and they were right ucla had their lowest scoring game one of their worst offensive games against the number one team in the country and the big kicker was South Carolina dominated them in the third quarter, outscoring them 25-15, to 15, and the game was pretty much over there. Overall, UCLA played their hearts out, but South Carolina played the defense. The Bruins just weren't hitting their shots, and South Carolina proved why they're the number one team in the country. Well, it was over at the half and then sealed in the third quarter. You know, this is... The, the size, the sheer size for South Carolina was so apparent. And what a tough way for Charisma Osborne to go out. Um, we talk about eligibility the next year. I don't think she doesn't have another year, does she? I does? think she does. I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly confident she does. I'm going to I'm gonna look this up right now for you. But I she, think she is. She's got around 1,800 career points, right? She would she would be one of the best scorers in UCLA history as a she already is, you know, right around there. She has but, one more year. She has, she's okay. she's on the same timeline as Jaylen, as uh, Jaime Hawkins Jr. They each can come sure. back and use that COVID year. But the difference is she seems pro-bound. She's put up her numbers. And unless she's getting a healthy, a healthy number, NIL, unless you're the Cavender yeah. twins or something, you, yeah, she, might go, she wants to go play basketball at the professional level and let the freshmen soon-to-be-rising sophomores take control. Although they would be very good if she stayed one more year. Yeah, it's it's just it's a tough way for her career to possibly end this way. But this is what we expected at the start of the tournament. We said, oh, man, they'll make it to the Sweet 16. They got some good matchups and then they play the best team in the country. South Carolina is undefeated. They're they're just they're such a they're such a, a horse of a team. So good in the paint. And where did we say the Bruins could hurt them if they make their threes? Three for 18 from outside, 16 percent. Just not going to cut it. You got to be able to knock down your shots. It was a game of mental toughness and mental fortitude in the first quarter. And then after that, you can't let things get away. Low scoring can, in the second. Yeah, continue. I was going to say, you mentioned foul trouble. What? You had Lena Sontag with four. You had Emily Bissoir with four. Yeah. It wasn't as brutal as the Oklahoma game. But the thing is, if UCLA is on any other side of the bracket, I'm fairly confident they get to the Elite Eight, dare I say the Final Four. And sure. the same result might happen against South Carolina. Seeing what's happened on the other side, you know, even Colorado was getting deep in there. Utah was battling against LSU. I believe UCLA could have competed with all these teams. They've shown they can compete with any of these teams. But, you know, South Carolina is just bigger and more athletic. They're not, they're not hitting threes. They're not crazy about hitting free throws, 58%, 25% from the floor, 38% overall from the floor. They just outwork you on the glass, yep. and they're stronger yep. and physical. And that's sometimes how it tends to be in the game. And South Carolina has the biggest, the fastest, the best. 
and, and what Don Staley wants to employ. And she probably saw, hey, what went wrong to why UCLA had a lead on us at home? And she'll probably use any sign of motivation to get her team fired up, right? Just to say, they're leading on us at home through halftime. We're not going to let that happen in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, it's not like South Carolina was shooting the ball that well. I believe they had their lowest halftime scoring total as well. It's just that what they're great at defensively, they just suffocated UCLA and they couldn't make a shot. And you need to make some hero shots in that game. And they certainly didn't. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny because I, I don't think I would have wanted to play Caitlin Clark either, by the way, with Iowa. She just put up a 40-point triple-double. That's insane. Those are insane numbers. So there's some serious talent on the women's bracket. Um, and and frankly, uh, I I was disappointed with how the Bruins went out. But, hey, you got a really bad drop. And and frankly, Corey Close and, and company did everything they could against, you know, the, the best team of the country. It's, it's that simple. It, it comes down to that stretch in Pac-12 play where they suffered, I think, three losses in a row, close to four, took seven losses in a tough Pac-12 and they're like, all right, you almost won the Pac-12 tournament. If they win the Pac-12 tournament, are they put away from South Carolina? Yeah. It just seemed like some unlucky team was going to get that Sweet 16 matchup, and it was UCLA, who I think deserved to be a little better than the Sweet 16. They're probably the 16th best team in the nation, but could have gone on a run. Unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. And sometimes you are who you know your record says you are. They're a very good team, but they just weren't the best. And in the end... Sweet 16 is good for a team that didn't even make it to the NCAA tournament last year. Proved a lot of youth and charisma Osborne and everything in between that they could compete. Just it's a next level when you're, especially in the women's game, the top two, three, or four teams, the top team in South Carolina, while I have said they are beatable, you have to play magnificently to still beat them. Yeah, and you know, you think about the turnover on this team too. I'm not sure if Osborne's going to return. She does have a little bit more more coverage in terms of, you know, heading, excuse me, heading to, uh, to the NBA, um, the WNBA, I should say. And Gina Conti, she's a grad student, uh, the transfer from Wake Forest. I'm not sure if she can return. I think she's out of eligibility too. So, you know, I, I just, I, this is going to be a different team next year. You know, you'll, you'll have a different look at it, but Corey Close has done a good job with this, with this group and developing a culture. That's what we're hoping heading into the next year. Yeah. We'll see how it all plays out, you know, with Conti and, Osborne, a lot of youth. That's really good, but it's the next level, right? Of course, USC getting the Juju Watkins, so that was a miss for UCLA. It, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out next year, but a good season for the women and for the ladies as they you know, got to the Sweet 16. Unfortunately, ran into a buzzsaw and couldn't hang on other than that. So for Max Kelton, I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer on the Locked On UCLA podcast. We say so long, we believe, to Charisma Osborne, to Jaime Hawkins Jr., Tiger Campbell, maybe Bailey and Bona, all those questions and more we will find out in the upcoming days. That's why you got to go check out Locked On College Basketball, continued tournament coverage. We'll flip back to more football and a little more softball and baseball coverage as well. But in the end, we're going to talk about, you know, what can UCLA recruit next in in basketball for the upcoming seasons? Are there more announcements coming that we have to talk about? We'll discuss all those things here on the Locked On UCLA podcast. Hands up, Bruins fans. I hope the pain has slowly eased away. Eight clap time as it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. UCLA fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.